Our first scripture reading this morning is from Ezekiel 37, verses 1 to 6. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. They were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. The second reading is from John 11, verses 32 to 44. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench, because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had heard this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Nancy. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. Is there anything so foolish as hope? Reverend Danielle Schroyer writes, To be quite honest, very few things feel more ridiculous than hope these days. We're facing a world of climate emergency, war, a growing immigration crisis, a terrifying surge in hate groups, rising global fascism, technological overload, and in case we forget, an ongoing pandemic. Is there anything as foolish as hope? 
when mass and school shootings happen at a rate that we can't keep up with, and the latest one at Denver East High School, a school where one of my clergy friend's children attend, a school where perhaps your friends attend, where your kids might be for sports or dances or any sort of activities, saddens us deeply, but doesn't even surprise us anymore. Is there anything so absurd as hope? Hope, that elusive thing that poets croon about and that lives in the land of cliches. It's a light at the end of the tunnel or a silver lining on a cloud, or sunshine and flowers in the spring. It's a rainbow. It's an eternal flame. But how foolish, how naive, how Pollyanna. Again, Reverend Shoyer writes, what kind of particular insanity is a Christian who stands before all of this and says, God is love, peace is the way, justice will arrive. Say that to the families of gun violence victims or to those in Ukraine or to someone who has no home or who cannot be themselves for fear of violence and retaliation. Is there anything so foolish as to hope, especially in this season of Lent, when we knowingly, willingly put ourselves in the path of Jesus' last days, follow his footsteps through the darkest valley, even to death on a cross. Foolish, absurd, I imagine that's how Ezekiel felt when God set him down in the midst of a dusty field with the skeletons of thousands of people crumbling in the elements. There wasn't even a whisper of humanity left in that field, in that battleground where they had slaughtered and been slaughtered. And yet God told Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones, to preach to them, to give them a message, a reason to rise, to give them hope. Now, after a COVID quarantine that I hear was three years ago, but only feels like three minutes ago, anybody feeling the same? Most of us preachers know what it's like to preach to an empty room or a dead field. And it's not super fun. At least I felt like I had the advantage of knowing that in real time, some of you were hearing the message and giving life to the words that I spoke through the camera. But not Ezekiel. He's looking at a sea of bones. And God is telling him to prophesy. 
According to Shoyer, God doesn't ask if it's likely or if the forecast looks promising. God doesn't ask for pie charts and percentages. God asks, can these bones live? What a foolish question that requires something with wings that sometimes we just don't have. Our bishop of the Mountain Sky um, Conference of the United Methodist Church, Bishop Karen Olivito, every Saturday night on social media, she writes a message or records a video as a message for all of the Mountain Sky Conference. Last night she wrote, Recently I have been in conversation with more than one person who said, I feel like I need a really good cry. Just a few days earlier than that, on Thursday, I sat down with one of my clergy friends, and we did cry about things that need to change, about things we cannot change and we're still trying to, and the stress and the grief and the tension that all of that holds in our lives. which I think might have been the place that Jesus found himself, having been called to be with his friends after the death of Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, and he cried for things that needed to change, for the surprising and unyielding amount of work he had to do, for the stress of healing bodies and saving souls and it never being enough because even when he was out redeeming the whole world, one of his best friends died. Grief. Heartbreak. Hopelessness. Is there anything so foolish as hope. When the bones are dried up and we find ourselves deep in the dark tomb, bound up in the funeral wrappings of our despair. And yet Jesus goes to the tomb, even as Mary beats on his chest and tells him that he should have been here and now it's too late. Even as he calls for the stone to be rolled away and Mary screams that it's been days and that there's going to be a smell and that no one wants to see what's in there because it is not her brother anymore. He's gone. Doesn't Jesus hear her? He's died. He's gone. How can you be so foolish, Jesus? What kind of particular insanity is this? And then one of the craziest, zaniest things in the whole Bible happens. Lazarus starts hopping out of the tomb with his burial claws loosening and falling away. 
Lazarus Blessing by Jan Richardson. The secret of this blessing is that it is written on the back of what binds you. To read this blessing, you must take hold of the end of what confines you and must begin to tug at the edge of what wraps you round. It may take long and long for its length to fall away, for the words of this blessing to unwind in folds about your feet. By then, you will no longer need them. By then, this blessing will have pressed itself into your waking flesh, will have passed into your bones, will have traveled every vein until it comes to rest inside the chambers of your heart that beats to the rhythm of benediction and the cadence of release. Foolishly, Ezekiel preaches to the crumbling bones in a dusty field. Absurdly, Jesus opens the tomb of a man who had died days before and tells him to stand up and walk out. With particular insanity, we are called to stand in front of all of this even as our own hearts are a graveyard, and proclaim God is love, peace is the way, justice will arrive. Is there anything so foolish and so life-giving as this? I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.